Welcome to Nest Church, and thanks for listening to our podcast. We hope this word blesses you today. For more information, visit nestchurch.com. We hope to see you soon. And remember, you are I just want to go ahead and um, welcome Pastor Max up. Let's go give him a round of applause. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Max. Appreciate it, man. Amen. 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 All right. Cool. How's everybody doing? I don't know how to put this in the top. Put it down here. The oil is in the other shelf. Don't want to mess with the oil, you know? And... Oh man, I'm so, so happy to be here with you guys. You guys are family to me and, and my family. And every time I, I come here, I feel at home. We feel at home. We feel loved. We feel honored. Thank you, my brother, for those words. They're encouraging, you know, because so you come out here and you step out in faith sometimes. And when you pray for people, you hear the voice of the Spirit. And very few times you get to come back and, and speak to the people that you pray for or talk to them and, and share with them and hear the things that God is doing. So to me, it's, it's, it's an encouragement, you know, to believe God, to move past fear, to move, move past uncertainty and doubt. Because I want to tell you something. There's a lot of times that, you know, we're ministering and, and we hear God and it's like, oh, and you're like, I don't know if I want to say this or I don't know if I'm on, I'm on point with this, but that's not our, our job. Our job is not to be right. Our job is to be obedient. And in our obedience, we stand in, right, in, in a right standing with God and he honors that. Amen. Um, so yeah, I know you guys have been going through Ecclesiastes. I was, I was listening to actually Pastor Regal's, uh, preaching, I think, uh, last week. And he, uh, the name of the teaching was what, so teach us to number our days. He said it was like the longest title he's ever had, uh, had for preaching. He should have just said Psalm 9012, right? It would have been quicker. <laughs> but, uh, but I know that there's power in those words. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. See, when we number our days, we realize that we don't have eternity to impact the surroundings that we have, the people that we have around us in the places that we're at, whether it's at work, whether it's at church, whether it's in your family, in your neighborhood. Um, before I continue, man, what's your name? In the, in the black, black v-neck? Yeah, you. Yeah. Guillermo. Yeah, man. So I was, uh, I was in worship. I know sometimes I just, uh, during worship, I try to ask the Lord, you know, just, you know, if you have a word for anybody, man, and I heard the word collision, man, when it comes to you, I don't get scared. Um, but I really believe that heaven is colliding with, with earthly things that have been happening or happened in your life. Um, ways of thinking, uh, ways of doing things. I believe God is, is colliding with that and he's going he's gonna to give you clarity. He's going to give you um, like a renewed mind and how to be able to live for him. I think that you're, you're a young man that wants to honor him, but I, I believe that, I mean, I don't know you, man, you know, but I believe that in your mind sometimes you struggle, you know, in, 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 in the faith part, in the sense like doing things that don't make sense. But the thing with God is that he pretty much does things that don't make sense, you know. Uh, so, so I pray that the Spirit of God would, would lead you. First, that he would, he would seal this word and... and, and, and Confirm that it's from him, right? Because I'm an earthen vessel, right? And I can deliver something and it can be totally off. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, but that he would confirm that it was from him. And then second, that he would give you the strength and the wisdom 
to, to believe him in, in the craziness that he has for you. Amen. Uh, funny story, man. Um, when I first started like walking and believing God and, and giving words to people and, and just walking in, in, in the prophetic and, and just prof- prophecies, just listening to God and then speaking what you say. It's not complicated, guys. It's not a mystical thing, right? Just hear God and you speak what you hear, right? Pretty simple. So I'm at a, we're, I'm at, we're youth pastors and I'm at a hotel, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I'm trying to like walk in faith. So I see some, some guy there and, I, and I, I forgot a random name came to my mind. So I'm like struggling. I'm like, should I say it? Should I not say it? You know, this and that. And I'm like, hey, you know what? Um, do you know a person named this? So I kind of did it like that, you know, to kind of cover myself, uh, you know, so I, I didn't look too stupid or too crazy when I said it. And he was like, no. And I was like, oh, okay, thank you. And I just walked away, you know what I'm saying? And I'm walking out and I'm like, I can't believe, you know, I feel so dumb. And I feel so, and I've, I heard the voice of the spirit say, you know what? He's like, I don't, I don't measure results. I, I measure obedience. And I, I measure your faith, right? It's not about what happens because of what you did. It's that you did it. And even, and even sometimes when we step out there in nonsense, you know what I'm saying? And we think that we got it wrong. Maybe the, the objective of that act of obedience wasn't to change somebody's life, but to change your heart. See, because we're looking to, to see the fruit in somebody else that we're delivering a message to. But I need you to understand that the vessel changes when it's being used by God. When God pours of himself into someone and says, I want to use you, you are the first one that gets transformed. So sometimes when we, we act or walk in obedience, I don't even know what I'm talking about this because this has nothing to do with Ecclesiastes 8. But uh, <laughs> I just want to tell you that, you know, for whoever it is, like you step out in faith, step out in obedience because he rewards that. As a matter of fact, that's how we demonstrate our love towards God. It's not with acts and rituals that we do. It's with our obedience towards him. The Bible speaks that our good deeds are like dirty rags, but that what he asks for is, is obedience. If, if we love God, we will obey his commands. So I want to encourage you. I don't know, if we, you know who this word is for, but I want to encourage you to be obedient. Obedient to what he's speaking to you. Amen? All right. Oh. All right. So I'm going to be talking out of Ecclesiastes 8. I'm just going to go down the, down the, down the, the chapter, you know, verse by verse. <clears throat> and uh, the, the name or the title of the, of the preaching what is, called, is Obey the King. Everybody say Obey the King. All right. And verse 1, it says, How wonderful to be wise, to analyze and interpret things. Wisdom lights up a person's face, softening its harshness. Now, it's funny because the other day I was talking to my daughter. We were at school and she's like one of her friends. She's like, oh, she, daddy, my, 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 my friend, is, she, she, she thinks you're cool, but she's scared of you. Yeah. And I'm like, what? She thinks I'm cool, but she's scared of me. Why is she scared of me? Because oh, you, you have like a mean mug. It's been a story of my life, guys. You know, when I was in my wannabe Tupac days in middle school and high school, Every time that there was a cop in the vicinity and they started like calling people or searching people, guess who would be the first one they would pick? And I've always had that face, man, that, that guilty face. Like I could never be a criminal because everybody would pick me out. Like, this guy's definitely a criminal, man. You know what I'm saying? But, but the Bible says that wisdom 
Wisdom lights up a person's face, softening his harshness. It's wonderful to be wise, to analyze and interpret things. To me, this is uh, it's awesome that it starts this way, right? It's, it's kind of like pr- promoting wisdom and, and the benefits of wisdom, but wisdom doesn't start there. See, sometimes we get to the end or we see the fruit of something that we're looking at or that we're seeing at the moment. You see a pastor, you see a preacher, you see a minister, you see a mom or see a dad, and and you see the maturity and God doing things through them. But the truth is you're seeing the fruit or the outcome of a process that's happened that has caused this man or this woman to mature to a point that God is using him in that manner. So when you look at somebody, you're seeing fruit, but you're not seeing everything that happened in order for that fruit to be produced and to remain. So we talk about wisdom, but wisdom doesn't start there. As a matter of fact, and I didn't give you this first, but Proverbs 9.10, we've heard this very, very many times. It says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. See, it started, the, the, it, started it, it was the beginning in the fear of the Lord. The word beginning, by definition, means the sense of opening, a commencement, first, beginning, to initiate, to start. So that... The wisdom that he's talking about didn't start a day or two or three or four ago. It started in the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord opened the door so that wisdom can come forth. But we want wisdom without the fear of God. We want wisdom without walking in the fear of God. Now, fear of God is not this trembling. Even though, listen, he's the God of the universe. There better be some trembling. Later on, we're going to see how much control we really do have in everything that we, we do here on earth. Well, we know already. A few years back, we had COVID. We, saw, we literally saw how much control we had and how things just changed like that. And everything that we knew, that we thought as normal became not normal. And everything shifted and everything changed to the point that now jobs have changed completely. Now jobs are no longer, you know, you have to travel here, you travel there. The meetings are, you have to go to Texas or North Carolina or California. Now they're what? They're through Zoom, right? That would have never shifted maybe. It would have, talk, it would have taken longer to shift if COVID didn't come. But because COVID happened, we had, people, people, businesses had to pivot, and now it's a norm in businesses. I tell you because I didn't see someone in my company, I've been working for, for the same company for about five years. I didn't see somebody in, the, in that company until almost two and a half, three years later that I started. Didn't have a personal encounter with anyone. Can you believe that? that's crazy. Like I've been working for the company for three years almost and I haven't met anybody in person. But that's something shifted. Something shifted. And I want you guys, I want want us to know that in order for us to obtain wisdom, the the first verse, it says it's wonderful, but we can't get to that wonderful, you know, without having the fear of the Lord. Right? Right? It's a wonderful thing, but what I wonder is if we're, if we're asking God, if we're putting God first, if we're saying, Lord, I yield to your voice, I yield to your word, I yield to your instruction, it's easier said than done, right? Because like I said earlier, a lot of the things that he asked don't make sense, right? If your brother has something against you, what do you got to do? Huh? Go speak with him. Leave, leave, leave whatever you're doing right now and go speak with him. But, but I didn't do anything wrong. He has something against me. No, no, but you need to go and speak to him. Right? You got to go the extra mile. We got to pray for your enemies. Like, what is that? Who prays for their enemies? 
You know, like, we don't understand that the last will be first and the first will be last. In order to live, you have to die. Like, those are the things that Jesus was speaking. Imagine, I mean, we've read the Bible and we've heard the scripture and we've heard sermon after sermon. Imagine those people hearing it for the first time. You know, think about that. Right? right. To, right? to live, you must die. And if you choose to live, you'll die. And it, <clears throat> What? Right? I can imagine P Peter the fisherman, like, did you understand what he just said? And that's why they have so many conversations after the conversations with Jesus. You see it throughout the whole entire gospels. They have a conversation. He preaches a sermon. And guess what happens after the sermon? The disciples are asking, can you, um, can you break it down for me, bro? I'm not quiet. I didn't catch that. Can you, can you run that one more time? And then he gives them insight. And he gives them, he gives them so they can understand. Because the things that he speaks don't make sense. And the fear of God is not the fear of God. The fear of God is fearing, oh, fear, the fear of being without him. The fear of him not being involved in every area of my life. The fear of him not being involved in raising my children and, and having a healthy marriage and, and, and doing what I need to do in my neighborhood, in my, in my city. The fear of, of trying to do things on my own. I understand when, when, when Jesus speaks these harsh words to, to the people, to a crowd, and, and, he, and Jesus turns to Peter and says, if you want to leave, you can leave too. And he says, where am I going to go? If only you have words of life, where am I going to go? He was just saying, like, I have no other choice. I, I, no plan B here. No plan B. So the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. And then the next verse, right? Verse 2 says, obey the king. Everybody say, obey the king. So, how wonderful to be wise, to analyze and interpret things. Wisdom lights up a person's face, softening its harshness. And then right after that, it says, obey the king. Since you vowed to God that you would. Obey the king since you vowed, you, you vowed to God that you would. First thing that Solomon mentions after saying how wonderful wisdom is, is that you need to obey the king. The first thing right off the bat in this chapter is what he says, obey the king. It talks about obedience. It talks about the, the weight of obedience. We don't have an issue with Christ the Savior, right? Think about this. When we come and he, that song, I love that song, came to my rescue. And he, he, came, he, come, he came to your rescue. He took, you out of, he took us out of the pit that we were in. And then all of a sudden, you know, he starts, you know, kind of like getting into your life, right? Going into those rooms in your house or in your, in your temple that you don't want to let him into, right? In the way you speak, in, the, in, 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 in your character. And then there's a difference. So everybody embraces Jesus Christ, the Savior. But when the king comes to establish his kingdom where he is at, where he is he reigns or he begins to exercise his lordship in our lives, then there's pushback. <laughs> Nobody has problem with Christ the Savior because, oh, Christ the Savior is, he rescued me, he saved me, he, 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 uh, he died on the cross for my sins, he paid for all my iniquities, you know, we, you know, all these things that he did. But when he says, hey, I'm not just the Savior, I'm the King. Right? The Lord. Right? Obey the king. All of a sudden, things begin to shift. That's where we start struggling, right? I don't know about you, but at least at the beginning when I was, and even still now, I have an issue sometimes with some of the things he's asking for. Amen? Or it's just me? 
No, nah, right. Just making sure you guys can talk back to me, right? It's cool. So we need to understand that as he establishes his kingdom in our lives, there's going to be pushback. And the thing is this, we all have authority issues, right? 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 Every single one of us have authority issues. How do you know? Because we're human. And a lot, of, a lot of the times we feel like, we feel like, you know, we have issues with sometimes with people in authority. And I'm, just, I'm not just talking pastor, I'm talking wives, your husbands, or, or a boss, or even submitting to one another as you guys are given responsibilities with, within, within the congregation. And you see, and then somebody gives you instructions, like, why, why is he giving me instructions? Like, why are you telling me what to do, bro? Like, well, the question is, why do you have an issue with it? speaks more about you than him or her. So what happens, and I believe that, I just want to stay here for a second, because I believe that the Holy Spirit, when I was preparing the teaching, he told me that a lot of us have issues because of the wounds that we have against authorities or people that were in authority in our lives. Your father or your mother, you know, my parents are perfect. And I have both of my children there and they can speak on, they can speak on, Many times that I've made mistakes, I've spoken in anger, I've, you know, whatever. I didn't keep my word, whatever the case may be. You know, right? No parent is perfect. And because no parent is perfect, then the image of God the Father as an authority is tainted the, the moment we come into this earth. And you start, you start living things and... And all of a sudden, you know, he doesn't show up for your game or he says something out of, out of whack and he calls you a name or he calls you stupid or he does this or he's just a man that's always angry and always screaming and all these things are happening. And now you see everything, every authority, especially God the Father through those lenses of abuse or anger. Think about this. Adam sins, right? Adam and Eve sin, right? They, they, they disobey God. What is the first thing that happens when, 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 when they eat from the fruit? Right? Their eyes right? are open, right? And they realize what? You know? Buddy and Eve is just like, whoa, what's going on here? And what do they do with, with that nakedness? They cover themselves with a bunch of leaves. All of a sudden, the Bible says that God is walking through the garden. Yeah? The Bible also says that Adam, before Eve was here, and God would walk and talk in the garden. So I need you to understand something. Adam didn't have a, didn't have a father. Like he, was, he was created by God. He, his father was God the Father. The moment that he sinned, you know what I'm saying, all of a sudden, his image or how he sees God is completely shifted. I don't know if, 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 if you guys, parents, you know, you remember when the, your kids were very little and, 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 and they knew we were coming home and they would hear like, like the, the keys or, you know, or we have like dogs. How many guys have pets at the house? Yeah. And when you, when you get to the, the door, what happens when, when you start? They start scratching the door. They, whoa, 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 
start barking and they're like jumping at the door because they can't wait to get to you. And your kids, they run, daddy, daddy, daddy's home, daddy's home. And, you know, they're teenagers now, they don't do that anymore. They stay on their couch on their iPads and they don't care if daddy's home or not. But the truth or the noise that, that was equal to or was a sign that their father was near, there was joy in their heart and expectation grew within them. And all of a sudden they ran to meet their father where he was. The moment that Adam sinned, something changed. Because now those footsteps that once caused joy and a deep desire to encounter him, now they cause fear. The same steps that caused joy are now causing fear because they're hiding. And, 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 he, and, and I'm telling you this because he had, he, Adam has authority issues and he didn't have a father, an earthly father. So it's something as human beings that we're dealing with, even if you didn't have a dad. See, my dad was around until I was 13, and then he went trafficking drugs, and he, and he left. And I, I felt abandoned. I felt alone. And even though at that time and age, I was like, I don't care. I don't need him. Yes, I did need him. I was 13 years old. My mom just passed away. I had a little brother. I had so many questions. I was going into, going into manhood, kind of like, you know, when a kid is going from like 12 to 13 years old, they're, they're transitioning in so many ways. And I, had, and I needed my father. I needed someone to teach me how to be a man, and he wasn't there. So all of a sudden, I realized, I, I felt it was like, man, my dad abandoned me. So when, when I go to God, or when I used to go to God, and sometimes that thing rears his head, I feel alone and abandoned. Because of what I live with my father. See, the Bible says, how, do you, how can you love me that, I don't, that you can't see if you can't love your neighbor that you do see? There's a principle there. How can you obey someone that you do see, I mean that you don't see, if you can't even obey someone that you do see? And a lot of us want, want, want like, we want to, to, to know God and experience God, and, and he's merciful, and he uses people. Like, I have people that, that have been, like, fathers and mentors to me, and they've been amazing. And, and, and someone like Regal, like, he's a brother to me, and God has showed me the, the, his, God's love through him. God put people around you, but if you don't choose to say, you know what, God, I have this image that I know is incorrect. I need you to restore that image in me. I need, I need to go back to that moment where knowing you or hearing of you caused joy and not fear. Obey the king. We have the wrong image of God. It's crazy that God in the midst of a, like, think about this. There was no moment in the history of man that man was more intimate with God than, than Adam with God. No moment. Right? Right? He messed that up. <laughs> and right? right after he messes that up, God is looking for Adam. Is right? Adam lost? Does God, is, is, does God not know where Adam is? Do you think that God was like, I can't see him. I don't, Adam, where are you? Is that why he was asking for him? I believe that he was asking for Adam because he wanted Adam to know that in his worst moment, God still had a desire to meet with him. Right? That's the God that we serve. That's the Father that, that loves us dearly. That is the God that is waiting for us on a daily basis to say, you know what, I choose you. And if we can catch that, if we can capture that, if we can say, God, you know what, there's things in my life that don't line up, that don't add up. I don't have it all together. And you might be a leader in this church. Guess what? You got some holes in your gear, man. 
You, you don't got it all together. There's areas in your life, there's areas in my life that need to be transformed, renewed. And the only way that we can do that is in obeying God, even though the obedience sometimes hurts. <laughs> right? right? Obedience sometimes hurts. There's pain in obedience, but there's also reward in obedience. Right? 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 Man, we're only in verse 2. Help me, Jesus. <laughs> don't try to avoid, verse 3, don't try to avoid your duty and don't stand with those who plot evil for the king can do whatever he wants. When things go bad and things are not going well or you're having financial situations or you're having health issues or you're having, can I tell you something? Can I be a little vulnerable with you guys? Yeah? You guys like cheese, you know? Just because you speak English don't mean that Hispanics don't like achievement, bro. It's part of our culture, unfortunately. We're very communicative with Hispanics, right? <laughs> very communicative. You know that I haven't slept more than five hours in, almost over, six, over, in over six months? I've never had an issue with sleep. I never liked sleep. They say that the more you sleep, the, talk, the more you grow. That explains a lot, right? Because I never liked to sleep. I was on Saturday mornings. I was always up like at 8 o'clock waiting for my friends, my neighbors to wake up so we can go play outside. That was me. Was anybody like that when they were little? Or no? You're always sleeping out till like 12, like Regal. Regal would sleep till like 11. Every time I stayed to his house, at his house, and, and I would wake up like at 8 o'clock in the morning, and I had to wait for him to wake up like at 11, 12. See, bro, what is this guy doing, bro? He's like, you missed I want to go play basketball, bro. You know what I'm saying? That, 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 that was, that was uh, something that I, we always dealt with when I went to his house. But I haven't been able to sleep, guys. I have pains in my, in my leg and different things that are, uh, I don't know if it's anxiety. I, I've never dealt with this. And, I, and I've asked God to do something, and, and he's doing something. He's just doing something in my heart before he does it in my body. Yeah. You know, so, so what happens is that, you know, I can either say, uh, you know, Regal called me, I could have been like, man, you know what, I'm not resting too much. I don't know about, about coming to Nest right now, you know? I'd rather, I'd rather either, you know, you know, sleep in or whatever, you know, do my normal routine, go to my church, this and this and that, whatever. But I know that there's, I can't neglect my duty because things are not smooth. And a lot of the things, a lot of the times, us as believers, as we, as we walk with Jesus, things are not going to be good. Jesus said that in this world you would have conflict, that you would have tribulation. So the atmosphere of this earth is conflict. My question is, if that's the case, why are we surprised that we're dealing with, with stuff? Think right? about that. That's like being in a pool and being surprised that you're wet. Huh? I'm wet? Yeah, genius, you're in a pool. Well, the, the truth is that if he said that we were going to have conflict, that conflict can, should be something that you, not that you expect, but that you know is coming because we live in a world that's full, that the atmosphere is conflict. So what right? happens is, since we don't walk like that, knowing that that's the type of earth or world we live in, you know, when conflict happens, it affects the way we do the things that God has called us to do. So that's right? why our growth, instead of, of, of being like this, it's, and it, we all have ups and downs, but it's like this and then reverse. And some of us do, we, we take 10, 10 steps forward and we take eight steps back. And you did the effort of 10 steps, but you only took two. 
And that's one of the frustrations of most believers. They're like, man, I give so much, I do so much, but look. And the truth is, is because we're not consistent with our walk. We, every time there's a, an obstacle, every time there's opposition, we reverse our, 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 our goal. And we say, no, 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 wait, 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 something's happening. And you go back. And I right. heard something the other day. He's like, man, even a stumble is a step forward. <laughs> Think about that. You know, you, you don't go like this and then fall back. You stumble and you, and you step forward. So like, I don't understand why we keep going back. No, no, no. Keep walking. Keep believing. I know you don't see it. I know you don't feel it. But if God said it, it's going to happen. I don't know if it's going to be tomorrow or the day after or the week after or the month after or two years from now. But if he said it, he says that his word, his promises are yes and amen. He has sent his word. Every single time he sent the word forth, it's never returned to him empty. He's batting a thousand. He's never made a mistake. So if he's spoken a word over you, if he's written something for you, if he's given you a word and you put it in your journal and you put it in a, in a frame and sometimes you want to get that frame and throw it across the room because you don't believe it, you haven't seen it yet, I want to encourage you today. Keep moving forward, even if it's a stumble, even if you fall forward, just keep moving forward. The earth gives you and hands you situations that bring forth fear, that bring forth anger, that bring forth sickness and lack. It's a constant thing, a constant thing in this earth. But the truth is that conflict is a forerunner for Jesus and his kingdom. Conflict is a forerunner for Christ to be revealed. You cannot know the Prince of Peace if peace is never taken from you. You cannot know him as a provider if you've never lacked. Right? 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 You can never know his joy fully if you've never lived a moment of sadness and depression. See, whenever crises and conflicts come, it's, it's like an introduction to Jesus the King being revealed in your life. But if every time we run into a door of conflict, we walk backwards, then what we're doing is we're denying Christ revealing himself to us in an area that we've never seen him. Right, right. So what we, we need to do is that we need to walk through pain, through fear, through sadness, and see God reveal himself on the other side of that. Ben. Guys, it's a trust issue. It's a heart issue. Obey the king. We need to obey the king. You guys are learning, receiving, praise God. Verse four, his command is backed by great power. No one can resist or question it. Verse five, those who obey them will not be punished. Those who are wise will find time and a way to do what is right. Find time, huh? Ah. That's big, man, especially Miami. You know, Miami, like you go to North Carolina and like time, it's like it multiplies. Like you do all these things, it's like nine o'clock in the morning. Like, what in the world? In Miami, you do two things and it's 11 o'clock in the morning. You're like, what in the world is going on here, bro? So this is probably I'm going to go to Apple and check my watch. What's going on? I have no idea. We got to make time, guys. Right? Now, can you, can you, can you, now I told you I'm barely sleeping, right? 
So you know what's happening? I got time. So I put my headphones in my ear and I listen to some worship, even if it's I'm laying down or I get into the word or I go on a, on a prayer walk and go outside and talk to the Lord. I love doing that, you know? I love walking and talking with Jesus. So what the enemy is trying to, or whatever's happening in my body or in my mind or in my soul, it's just got me all twisted up. You know what? I gotta make some time. I gotta take advantage that I'm up at four o'clock in the morning, at three o'clock in the morning, and I gotta get in the word. I gotta get in his presence. I'm, I, I, there's, is there days that I, that, I, that I don't get up? Oh, absolutely. I had a whole week that I didn't do anything. I was just lazy. I was tired. I was beaten. My soul, I was like, I can't deal out. So when am I going to be dealing with this? You know what? Because I'm, uh, can I be real? You know, because that, that's how it is, right? It's not all like mountaintops. There's valleys in it, right? You know what I'm saying? But the, as long as you don't stay down there and you continue moving and you keep going after God, eventually, you know what I'm saying? His promise, like, it lines up with whatever's happened with reality. So what happens is that, you know what I'm saying? You know, I'm struggling with something, but you know what? The Holy Spirit's saying, you know what? Come on. His voice is like, come on. And, 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 and man, I've had some great conversations with him. Right? We gotta make right? time, guys. Make time. Whatever it is, man. Like, I don't know. If you guys like have like newborns, I was just at a, at a couple's, um, we were yesterday at Baptist, because actually a friends of ours, two couples had a baby back to back. One yesterday and the one the day before yesterday, right? <clears throat> so we were there and just like, you know, they have no time, you know, one's like, his name's Juan, Juan and he can, he can barely sleep. He's sitting on that blessed chair that they have in the, in the room that it folds both ways. And instead of like, you know, you're, you're almost like, you're almost doing like a backhand spring or something like that because you can't, you know what I'm saying? And it's, it's rough, man. This, there was a time that I just threw something on the floor and I slept on the floor. I was like, this chair is horrible. I'm gonna leave you with back problems. <laughs> you know, but you know, time for them is very limited. And I told them, you know, when she falls asleep, Put some worship in the room. And even if, even if you fall asleep with the worship on, just let those words saturate your soul. Right? Right? So like, you got to make time, guys. To right? Walk. In the right way. With him. You know what I'm saying? So whatever it is, we can have a thousand. There's always going to be an excuse. No, pastors, you don't know, man. My, you know, um, I work 12 hours a day. Yeah, I, I understand that. Make time. Oh, pastor, you know what? Like, you know, I have 80, eight, eight, like I have 87 children. That's great. You know, make time. Nobody told you to have that many kids, bro. <laughs> you know, but make time. You know what I'm saying? No, pastor, you know what, man? No, no, no. There's always going to be an excuse and great excuses. All right, those, that have, those that have kids, no. Kids are time consuming. Right? But let's make some time, amen? But. Right. Appreciate that, my brother. I always forget my towel, bro. My wife always reminds me and I always forget. If I have pieces of white tissue on my face, let me know, okay? <laughs> Don't let me stay up preaching like that for like another. Pastor Max, with Annette's church with tissue on his face. And I... See, you know, and, and it speaks about avoiding trouble or sometimes trying to, trying to like, uh, let's just read verse seven. Indeed, how can people avoid what they don't know is going to happen? Verse eight, 
no one, none of us can hold back our spirit from departing. None of us has the power to prevent the day of death. I know that people was talking about death a lot last week and he mentioned it, but I guess Solomon was a, you know, he liked to talk about death, but there is no escaping that obligation, the dark battle and in the face of death, wickedness will certainly not rescue the wicked. A lot of us worry about things that we can't control, right? And when you, when, you, when you live things, your experience becomes your expectation. When I was 13, my mom passed away, right? Giving birth to, to my brother. At 15 years old, my grandma passed away. She had a heart attack. She landed against the door of my room. You opened the door and she just fell into my room. Imagine that. I didn't, I didn't like for the first month, I didn't get up to people in the middle of the night. I was so scared. I wouldn't say that at 15 because you got to be tough at 15, you know what I'm saying? But so my experience created in me an expectation that death comes like this. So there was like a fear of death when I came to the feet of Christ. You know what I'm saying? And, 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 and because my experience became my expectation, your expectation creates things that shouldn't be there. Because according to what you expect is given to you, right? So expectation is key. So that's why the enemy wants to affect your experience so that you expect what he wants you to expect. Because if, can, can, if he can change your expectation to expect evil, to expect bad, to expect wrong, to expect lack, to expect sickness, to expect depression, then he, he somehow, way affects your experience in the future. Am I making sense? Yes, no? Okay, cool. So we need to make sure that we do not let our negative experience be our truth because a lot of the things that I have experienced, even though they were real, they're not true. And a lot of us, we have feelings from experience that we, that we have made truths and pillars in our lives and we live according to those pillars, and we keep getting the same results even though we're sons and daughters of the living God, not because God is not good, it's because your pillars are fake. Uh, your pillars are they're false, they're, they're, they're not real, they're not true, and even though you had real emotions that caused you to establish those pillars, as, those lies as truths, they're still lies. And the only way that you can <laughs> the only way that you can find out the truth is by testing the pillar. Right. Doing the exact opposite of what that pillar is telling you to do. Oh, you can't, you can't trust that person. I'll throw, I, I trust them as far as I can throw them. And that's about a foot. There's no way I'm letting that person near to me. That, that's an emotion and a pillar that you establish because I got to watch my back. When in the world does God tell you to watch his, your back? He says... Guard your heart. No. You know what? If someone's trying to take your life, give it to them. What does that mean? Well, if they're love on them. I love you, my brother, my sister. And not just fake. Pray for them. And you're going to see how your heart begins to change when you're praying for someone that you think has, has it out for you. Or somebody at work, right? Because I know that when we, I think somebody, you were mentioning about being in work and stuff like that. We're in a place that we don't want to be, which is crazy that you were mentioning that because that's part of the teaching. Oh, we're in a, we're in a, we're in a place that we won't want to be in, and we're doing things that we don't want to do. And 
I, want, I got some news for you. That's called being an adult. It's not even spiritual. It, that's called being a grown-up, man. That's, hey, grown-up 101. And sometimes we get, we act like babies, man. And, and like, you know, no, 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 no. Hey, you know what? Be responsible. Get up and do what you got to do. And while you're doing that, ask God to change your heart and transform your heart so you can be a light in the midst of darkness so that you can be salt of the earth. And in places of death, you can, you can, you can be used to bring life. You can, you can see fruit in your work. You can see fruit in your neighborhood. You can see fruit in your church. You have to test those pillars. I guarantee you the moment that you start believing God and his truth, instead of what you said was truth, things are going to shift in your life. Test him with our tithes and our offerings. Sometimes we fear. Sometimes we test him. The Bible says test. He says test me in this. So test God and see what happens. Test the pillar. I guarantee that God is not going to let you down. Not that everything's going to go the way you want it to go. But he's going he's gonna to come through because he's never late and he never fails. Amen? How much time do I have on him? Five minutes? She's, all right. No, 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 man. Come on now. Don't say that. Never tell a preacher that. Then you, then you guys, you're gonna, the stomachs start growling. People are going to be like, never invite that guy here again, bro. He was there till like 2 o'clock with tissue on his face. You know, get him out of here. <laughs> oh, man. Thank you, Jesus. Verse 9. This is crazy, man. He says this in the middle of the chapter. He should have said this. Like at the, I don't know. And, and he's like, I have thought deeply about all that goes on under the sun. Like, yeah, we get it, man. You know, we've read eight chapters already. You know what I'm saying? This is a man that, that he would think about that. You know, I know that there's like, I think there's like a art piece, right? Of, of, I don't know what that's called. But it, it, this, this man would, would, would take time to think about so many things. And after, it's crazy because every word that's written here has a purpose, right? So he's letting us know. And then he says this, I have thought deeply about all that goes on here under the sun where people hurt each other. We have to continually know where we are and that we are surrounded by people who hurt each other. So not that you're just surrounded by people that hurt each other, but that you are one of those people that hurt others. This way, we're not easily offended and we're quick to forgive. Some of us here have been offended with someone for years. And you have a great excuse for being offended for, with that person for years. That's not God. That's one of those pillars. You know? We need to understand that we are surrounded by people that hurt each other and that you are one of those people that's hurting, that has hurt people and will hurt people. You're not done yet. You're not done hurting. So that way, when people hurt you, you're like, okay, you know what? I'm one of those people too. I've, I, I've hurt some people and I'm gonna hurt some people. So I'm gonna show mercy and I'm gonna show grace to these, this person that hurt me. Hey, you can always say, I forgive you. And that's it. You don't carry that for years. You don't let that dry your heart out. You don't let that burden your soul 
Some of us are so tired because we're not, not because of, of work or things we do. It's because we've been carrying extra weight for 10 years, five years. In your heart, you've been, you've been slow to forgive and you've been so judgmental. And God wants to say, hey, you know what? I don't do that with you. Don't do that with others. Be quick to forgive and don't get offended so easily. You know? Like, uh, how many guys like basketball? Yeah. yeah. I, I, I love basketball. Like, I, I hate today's era. Like, I want to see some blood on the court. You know what I'm saying? Like, no blood, no foul. Anybody play like that in the, in the street ball? No blood, no foul, bro. Yo, if, you know, that was funny, man, because we were playing, and with a friend of mine, and he, 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 somebody pushed him against the court, and there was, like, one of those metal poles, and you, and you hear, bing! Are you good, bro? Nah, yeah, I'm good. Hey, you didn't hit your head? Nah, nah, nah. And he walks, so he walks, he turns his back to us, he walks towards the, to the fall line, and when he turns around, he has a big chichong here in his forehead, bro. I'm like, why are you lying, bro? Like, <laughs> this is your forehead, you got, a, you got another nose growing on your forehead, bro. Like, you know what I'm saying? But we become soft, man. Like, foul. <laughs> they flop. No, I don't know, LeBron James fans, I'm sorry, but he's a oh, flopper, bro. Come on, man, you're 6'9", 260 pounds, man up. You know what I'm saying, bro? Everybody should be scared of you, but you know, come on. I'm playing LeBron, Jesus loves you, if you ever see this, you know. But the truth is that we become so, so soft. Instead of being tender-hearted, we become tender in our, in our flesh. And, and we have tender flesh and hard hearts. Instead of having a, a, a rough skin, and soft hearts. <laughs> and then we wonder why people don't want to know Jesus and come to church. Yeah, yeah, you know what? It's you and your tender flesh and hard heart. Ask God to change you, your heart and make it soft again. Make it a heart of flesh. And that you're not so easily offended, man. Because guess what? It's going to get worse. You know? It's going to get worse. Who would have thought that you would have to be worried about a man going into a, your daughter's bathroom in a school? Think about that. And it's only going to get worse. Oh, man. Guys are good? Yeah. And then this, uh, this verse, uh, verse 10. I have seen wicked people buried with honor, yet they were the very ones who frequented the temple and now pra are now praised in the same city where they committed their crimes. This too is meaningless. Man, comparison. We love to compare ourselves to people, right? Why is he giving the announcements? <laughs> right? I can sing better than her. <laughs> Why is Pastor Regal screaming so much? How does this vein do that? If, uh, I, I, I want my vein to do that. That's more about that, bro. Like, why do you compare yourself to people? Nobody before you has, like, has been like you, and nobody after is going to be like you. You're unique. 
There's no one else on this earth that's like you. So why are you comparing yourself to someone that's not like you? Oh, but you know what? This is, this is one of the things that they use to talk, to, to make sure that like, the atheists use like, to, to talk against there's an existing God. Oh, but, but you know, if he's, such, if he's such a good God, and then, you know, why, are, why do evil people get away with things? And why do good people die early or die in, in a tragic manner? I don't have the answer for that. We live in a world with conflict. Like the moment we're on this earth, well, what I'm saying is, is like if a, if, a, if, a, if, a, if a newborn falls and he, he presses the off button on the gravity from a building, it's going to be chaos. But I don't have the answer. I'm not that smart. I'm not smart enough to be able to tell you why things happen. The only thing I know, I know a God that, that is real, that has presented himself to me, that has loved me, that has embraced me, that has led me, and my life has been transformed, not because of my goodness, but because of the God that I was introduced to, the God that I had an encounter with. That's what I can tell you. You can talk to me about the scientific laws and all these things, and I can tell you what happened two years ago. I can tell you what happened a year ago. I can tell you that I saw my wife being healed of cancer. I can tell you that, that I saw God do miracles in my life, moments that we didn't have money, and all of a sudden somebody gave me $1,000. I didn't, I didn't produce that it was God and he's a faithful God and that's why it's so important to not look around and, and compare yourself to people because you're a one in one a one in a lifetime story and comparison what it does it causes bitterness in your heart and then we're like oh man and look at that look at that the guy that was was a thief and look at the guy that was a, a, a pervert look at that guy that was a liar and look they're honoring him in the city he was a wicked dude. He was a wicked person. And now they're honoring him in the same city that he committed the crimes. I got news for you. You were once wicked too. And you were paid for by blood and transformed by his blood and by his, by his love. And now in the same city that you were wicked, now you are light. Man. So why are you pointing at somebody else and saying, oh, he was a wicked man. Why are they honoring him? If you're going to do that, then look in the mirror and say, why do you deserve honor? We don't deserve it. Not one of us deserve it. Everything that we receive from God, the fact that we're here, the fact that we're, we're, we get to worship in freedom, the fact that we get to preach and hear the word, the fact that we can laugh and, and joke around, that's a gift from God. You don't deserve that. Let's stop the comparison. And let's remember that we were once walking in wickedness as well. And now you stand in the place of honor. So don't try to take something that was given to you freely from somebody else. Verse 11. When a crime is not punished quickly, people feel it's safe to do wrong. I want to I talk a little bit about accountability. All right? When a, when a crime is not punished quickly, people feel it's safe to do wrong. If, you're, if you can sin with, 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 with no, no problem, no trouble, it's because you have no accountability in your life. It means you're not taking yourself to a place of accountability. You're not saying, I need someone to check me because I'm not right. And that produces a desire or feeling that it's safe to do wrong. And then we begin to, little by little, lose the fear of God. And then we just go dumb because wisdom is far away from us. And we start making dumb decisions because we decided not to hold ourselves accountable for the things that I am struggling with, that you are struggling with. You and we will have conversations almost every month. Hey, 
You good? Yeah, yeah, I'm good. Or, hey, I'm struggling with this. My pastor, Pastor Chris Garcia, sometimes I call him. Sometimes he calls me. The other day he had to hold me accountable to something. He says, hey, you're slacking here. I need you to, to make some changes. Like we need people that love us, but are not impressed by us. If you got people that around you that, that, you're, that they're impressed by you, they're not going to tell you the truth. They're not going to speak truth because they're impressed by you and they don't want to lose you as a, a friend or an acquaintance because, wow, it's impressive. But when you have people in, in your life, and if you're married, you don't have an issue because you have a wife or a husband that's going to tell you the truth, especially as husbands. Like my wife will tell me the truth. Like, yeah. I'll get in the car after this. I'll be like, oh, like, oh she, I wasn't preaching. And if she gives me like a little, mm, I'm like, all right. I'm doing this. Thank, thank, you, thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're the one that does the work, and it's not me, right? But I love it. That one of the things I love about my wife, so back in the day, I used to be a mocker. Like, a, like by flesh, I like to mock people. How many mockers do we have in the house or ex-mockers? All right, there you go. Ex-mockers, ex-mockers in the house. My name is Max. I used to be a mocker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was mean, man. I was mean. I was mean, man. There was a girl. We used to have a dance team. Uh, I hope she never watches this, this, this preaching. <laughs> so she had really long arms, right? If you have long arms, it's, it's cool. It's just, you, you reach the Lord quicker, you know, when you pray, you know, say it's fine. But I remember it used to be in the dance ministry, right? It used to be in the dance ministry, the guys, so they would sit the guys on one side and the girls, because we were all teenagers, they were trying to avoid like, you know, <laughs> that, was, that was rough. Um, but she had long arms, so then, you know, there was a step that they would like, do like that, right? I don't want to fall off the stage. They would do it like that. So we would be sitting in front of the stage where she's dancing, and every time she would go like that, we would go like. <laughs> and there was a friend of mine that he was like, man, I know, I know it was his, it was his steps to. And he was like, hey, I always know when she's having her devotional. And I'm like, yeah, why? He said, because he heard tuck, 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 tuck. Like, yeah, her hand's hitting the fan. And I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> So those are the type of things that I would go around saying, like, my wife's nodding her head, like, I can't believe you're doing this. Until one day, she sits me down. I mean, we're like, maybe 16, 16 I'm 17, she's like 15 years old or 14 years old, and, we're, and she sits me down in a, in a park. And I can sit there, and she sits me down, and she's like, I need to talk to you. And we didn't, we didn't like each other. Like, I, didn't, I don't think we liked each other. I think, we, I don't know, I don't remember. It wasn't that same since he's, I, got, I got an issue with long-term memory, bro, not, not short-term. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh, and she just confronts me. She's like, what are you, you're so cruel. Jesus is not like that. And I was like, oh. I was like, oh, and I was like, whoa. Because it caught my attention. The woman that she was, I was like, she just told me like that. And I was like, yo, that's crazy. And it wasn't the last time. And now look, she confronts me on a weekly basis and it's like glorious. <laughs> <laughs> I love my wife, man. I wouldn't be the man I, I am today without her. You know what I'm saying? But accountability, guys. You, got, you need people that are going to tell you. You need to give permission to people to hurt you. Like, I need you to, I need you to be able to tell me something that's going to hurt me, man. Because the truth hurts sometimes. And I got to be in a covenant relationship with you and say, you know what? Even if you hurt me, we're still going to be in this relationship. Like I appreciate, as a matter of fact, I appreciate you and I trust you more even now after hurting me with that truth. I think Pastor Rigo spoke about that last time. I think he, it was, it was the, the, the verse or the point was that I prefer the discipline 
of the discipline of a friend or something like that than, than a song of, a, of an enemy. I forgot, but it was something like that. He said it much greater. But the whole point is like we, I like tell me the truth, man, even if it hurts, even if it's tough to hear, don't sing nice songs to me when you're seeing things in my life and you're not saying anything about it. Like tell me the truth, man, I wanna grow. Tell me the truth, I wanna honor God. I want, I wanna bring a smile to my father's face, so please help me be that man. Verse 12, well, but even though a person sins a hundred times and still lives a long time, I know that those who fear God will be better off. I want you guys to, how many of you guys here are like justice, like you, you, you hate injustice, like it gets into your skin, like you want to you wanna throw something at somebody. Don't be shy, you know? Okay, very good. For you guys, this verse is key. But even though a person sins a hundred times and still lives a long time, I know that those who fear God will be better off. I want you to know something. God doesn't, nothing escapes God. And if there's injustice in the world, he's seeing it too. As a matter of fact, he's aware of it and he's doing something about it. So don't worry about injustice in the sense of like, oh, it's not fair. It's not fair. Fuck, it's not fair. Why does, why did he get the position? It's not fair. You start complaining. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. It's not fair. No, man, the fair starts in a couple of weeks. You can go. But stop saying it's not fair. Like, stop. Stop, and God, God sees it. And nothing is hidden from God. And, and even though here on earth, in this little time that we have on earth, don't get away from it, guess what? In eternity, they won't. Nothing is hidden. Everything will come to the light. The Bible says it. Nothing is hidden. So why are you worried about those things that are hidden? That's not your job. You're not the ten. You're not the. It's not uh, uh, pastors, evangelists, prophets, detectives. No, there's no detectives of the Lord. There is no detective. You're so a detective, the Señor. Hallelujah, man. No, bro, what are you doing? Stop. You're wasting your time. You're becoming bitter. Your heart is becoming bitter. You're drying out, and that person doesn't even know you exist. Come on, man. Set your eyes on God and the things above. Those things that are eternal. Don't worry about these earthly things. You're not taking them with you. Come on. You spend so much time looking at the little, little, little piece of wood in the eye of my neighbor when you have a log, bro, tremendo log on your eye, bro. And you're like, bro, hey, bro, wipe yourself. You know, you got it. Come on. We laugh and it's funny, but that's how most of us live our lives with a log in our eye. You look, we look like fools. Trying to point out the little, oh, look, but you got a little, little thing here. Yeah, yeah, you got a big log in your, your eye, bro. Like, move it. I was going to say forehead, but it's not in your forehead. <laughs> Verse 13. The wicked will not prosper, for they do not fear God. Their days will never grow long like the evening shadows. God's telling you, I got this. Got this. Don't worry about it. You might suffer for a little bit, but I got this. At the end of the day, you're going to spend eternity with me and in glory. So just relax. Verse 14, and I'm almost done. It says this, and this is not all that is meaningless in our world. In this life, good people are often treated as though they were wicked, and wicked people are often treated as though they were good. It sounds like times we're living in now, right? This is so meaningless. Verse 15, so I recommend having fun because there is nothing better for people in this world that can eat, drink, and enjoy life. That way they will experience some happiness. Unless this is a funny verse. You guys understand what he's saying, right? 
He said, yo, drink all you can now so we can you try to experience something good because afterwards it's not going to go so good, bro. I'm like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Some happiness along with all the hard work God gives, gives us under the sun. Having, and he's talking to people that don't know God. He's, so I recommend having fun because there is nothing better for people in this world. He's talking about worldly people, people that don't know Jesus, people that are, that are wicked. And he's telling them, look, have your fun. Because if you keep doing that, that's the only fun you're going to have. That's the only fun. The Amplified Version says, Then I commended, I, commended ple- I commended pleasure and enjoyment because a man without God has no better thing under the sun than to eat and to drink and to be merry. You see all these guys going to the club? You see all these guys drinking it up and, and smoking and all this stuff and partying? Like, if you know, though, tomorrow, that's, that's the top of their enjoyment, guys. It's not going to get any better than that. And for us that know the Lord, our death is the beginning of the greatest days of our lives. Think about that. They want to live that fun, which is not really fun, till the day they die. And it's over for them. That's why we need to be examples. People need to see us full of joy. Not fake joy, but that really you're filled with joy. They need to see men and women that are men of faith that stand, that are not like living in the clouds, that they're, 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 they got their feet in the ground, but the heart is set on heaven and saying, you know what, I live here, but not, I'm not from here. And I could speak to you with boldness and courage because I know who I am and where I'm going. You know, and, and speak in truth and in love. Everybody thinks that when you talk to people in love, you got you to gotta talk, oh, I love you, baby. No, no, no. What do you talk to infants like that? But we can speak to her, hey, you know what, I love you because I love you. I got to tell you that you're wrong. What you're doing, I remember I had a friend that I used to, a co-worker, he has a temper, bro, that Pastor Rigo talked about having, like, not controlling your temper last week. And, and he, we were, in a, we were in a Cuban restaurant, I think it was Las Vegas, the Las Vegas Cuban cuisine or something like that, where they're in the route. We were working in a store and we went there for lunch and they were taking forever, man. And guess what? It took them 40, 49 minutes exactly to get us our food out. So we, we didn't have time to eat. And he throws a fit. Oh, I can't believe this. Blah, 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 blah. He's, he's a baby Christian. I, I, I don't know him that well to like, and then, okay, I'm sorry. So you know what? Here, here's your, here's, it's on the house. And he's like, no, I don't want that. And he pushes it. And I'm like, yo, what do you mean you don't want that, bro? <laughs> we left. We didn't get no food. Nothing, man. We're like, we're hungry. I had to go back to work. And I'm in the back room and I told him, I'm like, this is your temper is, is robbing blessings from you, bro. You were about to get a meal for free, not just for you, but for people around you. You robbed my blessing with your temper. I was like, you want God to bless you, you need to check yourself and understand that that, that anger that you have inside is going to cost you things in the kingdom of God. He looked at me, he's like a 58. He looked at me, eyes watered up, and I'm like shaking because I can't believe I just said that. You know what I'm saying? This is crazy. The guy's going to punch me. You know what I'm saying? And now he calls, that's my wife. He calls me like every month. Hey, man, how you doing? Hey, let's get lunch. Let's get coffee, this and this and that. And because at that moment right now, I have access. I have the ability to speak into his life. He calls me and asks, can you pray for me? Hey, I'm going through this. Hey, I'm sick. Da, da, da. And we talk and we pray, bros. You're going to be good. But in order for that to happen, we have to, we have to be who God has called us to be, who he created you to be, who we knitted you together in the, in the secret place of your mother's womb. That's what we got to be. Amen? Right. Okay. 
Verse 16, in my search for wisdom and in my observation of people's burdens here on earth, I discovered that there is a ceaseless activity day and night. Sounds like Miami, right? I realized that no one can discover everything. God, this, I need you guys to pay attention to this. I realized that no one can discover. How many people? No one. No one. Everybody say no one. No one can discover everything God is doing under the sun. Not even the wisest people discover everything, no matter what they claim. You're not going to get it completely. So instead of trying to understand him, just stand under him. His presence, his guidance, his power, his instruction. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. Thank you. I want you guys, you guys can come up, with the, if, the, if the worship team can come up really quick, appreciate that. <clears throat> it ends, I mean, it talks about so much, right? It, 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 I mean, I'm, you guys have gone through the whole book so far, eight, eight chapters today, and you guys have heard scripture after scripture, teaching after teaching, and I'm sure it's been so rich. Like, I was, I was reading this, and I was like, there's so much that you can get from here, but, you know, and I was asking the Lord, I was like, what is it that you want? What's the heart behind all of this? What's the, what do you, what's the message that you have for your people, for you, the message that you have for Nest Church? And I'm sure the Spirit of God has spoken to you with, with things that we've talked about today. But if I, can, if I can leave this place and tell you something to just grasp, but grasp onto, to hold onto, to say, you know what, I'm going to take this and I'm gonna treasure it, is obey the king. See, cause you're not gonna see the whole picture. You're never gonna see the whole picture. You're not gonna know what's coming ahead. There's gonna be moments that you're such a big crisis that it's gonna be hard for you to make decisions. I lived one of those moments for a year and a half, I couldn't hear God's voice because of the turmoil in my soul because of the situation that I was living. And I remember the desperation of not hearing his voice and, and, and being angry and frustrated because, I, what, because of what I was living. Wanting to throw in the towel because we were youth pastors at that time. I was like, I don't want to lead any young people, man. I, 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 got, I can't even hear your voice. What am I going to tell them? Ben. I would go into the presence time after time and... And I, and, I, and I would come up, I thought I was coming up empty. I, I didn't hear what I always heard and I didn't feel what I always feel, but I didn't know one thing. I knew that there wasn't a plan B. I knew that I needed to obey the king. I knew that there was, where am I going to go if he only has words of life? Like, no matter what I'm feeling and what I'm not hearing or what I'm not seeing or seeing, I could, I could do one thing. It's extend my hands and grab onto my king. Because I know one day eventually the, 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 the crisis is gonna, it's gonna dwindle down, the storm is gonna quiet, and he's gonna be that right there with me. But if I let go and I try to do things on my own, I'm gonna find myself in a place that I never wanted to be. And some of us here want wisdom and some of us wanna, wanna discern things from being right and wrong and some of us 
you desire, you know, some of you guys are bitter, man, because of things that, that, that you've lived. And, and the Bible says that wisdom brightens up the face. It softens, softens it. And we all need that because we've all gone through things. Yeah? So today, you have to decide if you're going to choose obedience. If you're going to choose, you know what, God? You just told me that I'm never going to understand things fully. So st stop trying to understand and stand under him. Let him be your refuge. Let him be your guide. Let him be your prince of peace. Let him be your hope. Stand under him. If you need to curl into like a fetal position, say, Father, there's been moments in my life that I feel like such, such pain that I literally am on the floor curled up into a little ball and just weeping in his presence because that's all I can do. Words do not suffice. I can't even express what I'm feeling inside. That's life, guys. That's, that's being in a, in a world full of conflict. But understanding that that conflict is a door to knowing Jesus in a deeper way. And if we can choose to walk through those doors that life presents us through conflict and understanding that conflict is just an opportunity. If you're lacking, yeah, I know. I know how it is to reach into your pocket or look in your account and it says negative whatever. I know what it is to, to not have food in your, in your, in your, in your, in your, in your fridge or, or not knowing how you're going to pay the bills or whatever the case may be. Well, you know what? Then God is going to show, show himself to be a, a faithful provider if you choose to believe him. What, 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 you want to know one of the secrets or the tricks that I use? In the moments that I need and I don't have enough, I give what I, what I have. Because you release the seed and the moment you release that seed, it's not just a seed, it's a precious seed when it's like that. And then you, 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 you allow your hands to become free to receive whatever God has for you. But in so many ways, we try to hold on to the little that we have and we never receive what God really has for us. And as you're going through Ecclesiastes and, and God is, is speaking to you and you guys are, are, are inclining your ear to the voice of the Holy Spirit and listening to his instruction and your heart is softening up today and, and, and last week and the next week, just choose to obey the King. You guys can rise to your feet. Just, just close your eyes for, for a moment. Well, you alone can take my scar Piece by piece restore my heart Come on, close your eyes Take what's broken, make it Holy Come on, let him know. Take my brokenness, Lord. Tell him. You alone can take my scars. Piece by piece, restore my arm. Take what's broken, make it all again. Your power 
your presence breaks stronghold. Come on, lift up your hands. King of heaven, when you speak. Come on, church. Mountains move. Moving mountains in your heart today. There will be breakthrough, Jesus. Your power, your presence breaks strongholds. King of heaven, when you speak, mountains move. I believe there will be breakthrough. If you're here today and you feel like there's been mountains in your heart that have been immovable, I want to speak to those that haven't been able to forgive, those that have held on to wounds and pain and have not been able to let go. If that is you, make a couple comments. If that is you, I want you, got, I want you to come here to the front. I just want to pray for you. Don't be ashamed. We've all had battles and wars and we've held to wounds. Just come here to the front. I want to pray for you. If you're here in this place, and you feel like you've been worried about everybody else and you, you feel like it's, life hasn't been fair and you've, and you've constantly keep telling God about why this and about why that and, and just focusing on so many things that really don't pertain to you like, and you've taken your eyes off Jesus and you've become dry and bitter, you've become hopeless. Today, the, the Holy Spirit wants to do something in your heart. He wants to like turn on the fountain of his presence once again and, and saturate those dry areas in your life. If that is you, I want you to come to the front. Come on, just come here to the front. I'm just going to pray for you in a little bit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, my God. Thank you, my God. Thank you, my God. Thank you. Yes. Come on, just worship him. Come on. Break strong. Come on. What the king of heaven when you see mountains smoke, I believe there will be breakthrough. Your power, your presence. Break strongholds, King of heaven, when you speak, mountains move, I believe there will be breakthroughs, your presence, break strongholds, King of heaven. Thank you, Jesus. We're here in the front. I just want you to put your hand over your heart right now. 
Just tell him, make me new, Lord. Bring the walls of open the hands. Almighty God, you King of Jews. Defender of my Defender heart right now, my God. Fight, Father God. Fight, Lord. Fight, Lord. And by your power, the oceans open wide. Your fire falls down. Heaven and earth come alive. King Jesus, forever by my side. Shake the Shake the mountains. Break the walls apart. Open the heavens. Almighty God, you are overcomer. Break down the stronghold in his might. There it is. Yeah. 
Just lift your hands to heaven. I just want to pray for you really quick. As my sister sings that. Sing that one more time. Sing that one more time. It's your power. Come on. Your presence. 
Sing it over yourself. You Come on, mountains. Mountains move. Yes, I'll be breakthrough. Yes, I believe. Come on. Yes, I believe. I believe. Come on, do you believe it? I believe. Come on, tell him. Yes, I believe. Yes. Cause I believe, I believe there will be breakthrough. There will be breakthrough. There will be breakthrough, my God. We trust in you, my God. We hope in you alone, my God. And as we stand here in this room, Nest Church, my God, we extend our hands to heaven saying, I trust you. I surrender. I, I obey you, Jesus. I obey the King. And I declare, my God, that my life will never be the same, my God. Like a Paul, my God, or a Peter, Lord. Men, Father God, that encountered you, my God, and were forever transformed, my God. Men, my God, that had a moment with you, Lord, that heard your voice, that saw you face to face, and they were never the same, my God. I declare that every man and every woman and every youth and every child at the sound of my voice, Father God, will never be the same, my God. I have men and women, Lord, a church, a congregation, my God, that chooses you above all things, Father God. I thank you, my God, for your goodness. I thank you for your faithfulness, my God. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Come on, give it up to him. He's good. He's faithful. Come on. We love you, Lord. Someone like you. Oh, me. That's why it's dangerous coming to Nest Church. You just want to stay there like for two hours. You know what I'm saying? But uh, guys, I pray that God continue, continues to reveal himself to you. Pray that the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you. And I pray that all of us here will choose to obey the King. Amen. Love you guys. God bless. Take care. It was a pleasure and honor to be with you guys. Good.